Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5 by 2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your relationship to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. For this episode, we're going to be talking with Christine Gibbister as we discuss reaching the one as part of our Vision 28 to grow younger and deeper. So Christine, thank you for, uh, for being on the podcast today. Can you just get us started off by uh, telling us a little bit about yourself? Hi, yeah, thanks. Uh, kind of exciting to be here. I've been at St. Peter's now since about 2008. It's the, the longest that I've been at a church since my home congregation back in St. Louis. I grew up in St. Louis. I have had multiple roles around here, enjoy singing in choir and, and at the new song services. And I'm a Sherpa for the, the Venture Youth Group, so enjoy lots of activities around here. Now, I don't want to embarrass you, Christine, but most people will know you that like when you're up in front, you are always smiling. I try. Always smiling. And, and usually in the hallways, too. Yeah, I try. And so I know that at home, uh, Christine, I, you have two friends that live with you? I do. I have my, my two four-legged friends. I have Ginger and Brownie. They're both mini golden doodles, and uh, Ginger is 11, and Brownie just turned three. Excellent. Now, Christine, also we brought up earlier, you're in some authentic ethnic garb. Can you help us understand that a little bit? I, you have to describe <laughs> a little bit because we people are not seeing us. I am. So one of the things is I work for Cummins, and I work with several teams that are based out of India. Uh, recently, I took to, a trip to India and spent a couple weeks over there, and I did some clothes shopping while I was there. So I've, uh, I've got a uh, traditional dress today. Today is actually, as we're recording this, today is actually an Indian holiday. And so a lot of the folks that I work Work with or celebrating their holiday, and and so I dress up and participate in some of their celebrations. And we had a, a painting party because the the celebration that they have today is a festival of colors. And so today we were, were painting and celebrating colors. So that celebration it was at work or with friends or it was at work. Okay. Yes. Is that encouraged with friends, but at work? Yes. So you know, at work, you know, it's it's community building. So it's really t- kind of taking all of those international festivals and doing what we can to bring them here so that we can learn more about each other. That's excellent. And so, Christine, you work at Cummins. Is that correct? Correct. Did you say that earlier? I did, yeah. And what's your official job? Aren't you an engineer or something like well, that's, uh, yeah, so my, my background is electrical engineering, and right now what I do is I lead uh, the programs that develop the new electronics for the engine. So I work on a lot of engine control units, developing those engine controllers, some after-treatment controllers, some power systems controllers, but all with an electrical background. All right, so then the community building. Yes, yes. All right, that's excellent. And so, Christine, you said you came from St. Louis, and you moved around, obviously, for, for jobs. How was, like, what part of St. Louis did you grow up? I grew up in North County. So if you look at, uh, there's a Loop 270 that goes around St. Louis, where it crosses the Mississippi River in the north side. I was two exits in. Christine, did you grow up being a Lutheran? I did. Because yep. you know, it is the holy city of it, Lutheran. It is. It's it's basically Mecca. Yeah. I, now we're we're mixing our cultures up yeah. there. We've got the Mecca. <laughs> and the, so, Christine, you know, you've got a lot of experience here at St. Peter's. You mentioned you're a Sherpa. You've worked with the Angels of Love program in the past. Is that For correct? For years, yep. And then also with the Auto Maintenance Project. Correct. And the only reason I bring that up is kind of to bring us into our topic for today. As we have been talking the last couple of weeks, we're talking about our Vision 28. And in the Vision 28, it's about growing deeper and it's about growing younger but then there's different motives within that we're going to address one of those motives later on but as we talk about that I think we're going to draw back on some of your experiences on where you volunteered here and what you were involved in church but let's go back and just think about 
growing younger. What does that mean to you, that general topic of growing younger? Yeah, you know, that's it's taken some thought, and I appreciate all the posters that are now up around the church and things to kind of understand where the voice has came from. But it's something that I can relate directly to because, you know, we've all grown through and we've been that generation in church where you look around and there's a lot less of people like you. And, And you're wondering why is there a seemingly a gap in the middle? You've got a Sunday school that's packed full of kids and you've got Bible studies that are packed full of adults. And there seems to always be kind of a section in the middle. And when you're living through that section in the middle, you're wondering, where'd everybody go? You know, so to me, it's really recognizing that gap and figuring out why does that gap exist and and, and how do we pull those folks back in? And how about the growing deeper side? So the, the growing deeper to me, uh, there's been a visual that Pastor John has put out there several times now of the iceberg, you know, and really showing the surface level, which is really kind of how I grew up. You know, it's it's the connecting with church. It's the volunteering. It's it's almost getting yourself to the point where you're burned out because you can't say no to anything. But that doesn't really affect you on the spiritual side. It's just the checking the boxes, the doing side, you know, and, and the growing deeper is really all those additional connections that you're getting. By doing a volunteering event, you'll create a community. And, and that helps with some of the growing deeper, but it's just different ways of recognizing that God is always there, different ways of expecting God to show up, and and really watching out for that. Yeah. And I, I'm sure you use that all the time as you work with the youth as a Sherpa. The one uh, motive that we have besides the growing younger and growing deeper, then we have four motives that John has been fleshing out with Pastor Adam over the, the last couple of Sundays in the Sunday School Hour. And the motive that we want to talk to you about is the idea of reaching the one. As you say that expression, you know, your mind can go everywhere. But what would you think about if I would just say reaching the one? What does that make you think about? Yeah, you know, that's actually really personal for me because of the job that I have. I work with a lot of folks from a lot of different countries. So whether they sit here in Columbus, uh, whether, you know, as I mentioned, I have teams in India that I work directly with and teams in China. It's been really interesting for me because a lot of these people have actually never heard of Jesus Christ. They've heard of gods in general. They all worship something, but Jesus Christ doesn't necessarily mean anything to them. And it's it ends up being very interesting conversations at lunch or in any of kind of our community building events, if you will, at work, you know, because it's it's how do you introduce Jesus to somebody who's never heard of it, especially for me, you know, coming from the Lutheran background, I went to Lutheran day school, you know, was baptized as a baby. I've never known anything different. And so when you bump into somebody who is an adult who really has no idea it's hard to peel that back and figure out where do you start, you know? And so the reaching the one has kind of been everybody that I interact with at work. And just how do you, how do you share your faith? How do you open up the conversation uh, without being overbearing or pushy or anything like that? Oh yeah, that's, that's great stuff. And you know, the other motives of compelling community, resilient faith, and you know, the potential of each person, you know, I think that, that all tie into what we're talking to, to talking today as well, especially because we've already talked about community at work and, you know, trying to, trying to create that. Um, but as we, we as you kind of talk about those, those areas of reaching the one and how do you, how do you share your faith? And it can be complicated as, as you said. So what are some of the ways you've sought to share your faith uh, with the, the people, your coworkers, the people in your life? Like what are some of those, those things that you've, you've tried? 
Yeah, you know, so it's it's just so plain and basic. Today, so we've already talked about the the clothing that I'm wearing today is is traditional Indian clothing, and it opens up the conversation. So I'm there to ask them what is their holiday, what does this religious event mean to you, because I want to learn about them. But that opens the door for me later when I have my next holiday that then I can share back with them, this is what the holiday means for me. And so it's just opening up that dialogue that it doesn't have to be anything forced. It just is whatever the topic of the day might be. You know, we've had plenty of situations where we'll take a coworker out to lunch. Uh, we've had coworkers that have come from, you know, other countries. And so you'll take them out on a Friday afternoon for a lunch or something like that. And, you know, if they're here in the country for the first time, what are they doing for the weekend? So you start talking about what are your weekend plans? And typically my weekend plans include something to do with church one way or another, whether it be a volunteer event on a Saturday, whether it be attending church on a Sunday, you know, when it's, it's as easy as saying, hey, if you're not doing anything, you're more than welcome to just live life with me. I go to church. Let's go. And do they usually take you up on the offer? You know what? Some do, some don't. Some uh, some are just not sure what this church thing is about. Others, uh, that makes them curious. And and so I have at, had a couple folks who have joined in just because they're more curious than anything. You know, uh, one of the gentlemen that I had several years ago from China, I think he was just frankly bored on a Sunday. And so he conceded to come in. It was an interesting situation because he came in really late to church. Church had already started. And so I just met him in the narthex and, you know, we kind of talked through what was going on inside the the sanctuary. And he wasn't really interested in walking in. And that was okay. So we ended up walking around the building and he was one that had already told me, he's like, I don't know what this Jesus thing is. I've never heard of this. We actually typed it into his little translator and it didn't come up with anything. So he didn't have anything in Chinese characters to relate to. But as we walked around the building, he started seeing the paintings of the face of Jesus here and there. And he's like, but that guy, that guy, I know I've seen him before, you know. And so all of a sudden we had a a connection there because he could at least recognize the face, but he didn't know anything about it. It just happened to be the same time that our church was going through, the entire church was going through the book, The Story. And so out in the narthex, we had a pile of extra books. And so I said, here, take one of these home. You know, he he speaks enough English and he can read enough English that we gave him a book to go home. And at the time, I think his son was either two years old or three years old. And, you know, I knew our children's ministry also had a copy of the children's story book. And so we were able to find a copy of that. And so, you know, sent him home with a couple of free gifts from the church. Really great, easy reading material. And and I heard back from him later as he was in China that he would read that book, the, the children's storybook to his son to help teach his son English. And I thought, wow, I, I didn't even see that coming. To me, it was just being friendly and being nice and, hey, we got a few free things laying around. Here you go. But it's just that simple. Well, you know, and Kirstie, I just want to bring out another point is like a lot of folks would go, well, I need to go back to church. But you set that aside to walk around. And I think that was probably a, a bigger impact on him than you forcing him to go into church or you sitting in the cry room. Just your spending time with them was living Christ rather mm-hmm. than just, and I got to be careful, I say just worshiping Christ is right. still important, right. but you were actually trying to have 
that conversation, that meaningful conversation, reaching that one person at that one time. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got another story that I always remember, and and I, Chrissy, and I'm sure that you told me this way back during the story. You had an interesting habit when it came to your reading the story in a public place. Yeah, that's I I had a habit of going to whether it was a Starbucks or something like that, and just like chilling for the afternoon and reading my story there because, you know, you got to get through the chapter somehow. And, you know, people would sit down and, and just start up a conversation. I just hand them the book, be like, I'll get another one. So, you know, had a couple of those that, that I gave out just because people asked. And you never know what's going to happen with those, but you've made the point. Yeah. That's awesome. And George, can you just, uh, and maybe we already kind of did this, but the, if, if someone's listening, like, what is the story? Can you kind of just fill people in right. on what that is? So St. Peter's over the years has done several different kinds of read-throughs. Right now we're in a two-year reading plan where it kind of bounces back and forth between the Old and New Testament. Uh, years ago, uh, we did an 18-month series where we read from the start of the Bible to the end of the Bible, and then the sermons were all uh, expository sermons talking about those sections that we were reading. A lot of people got lost in that because it has so many details. Sometimes I, I hear the same thing in our two-year reading plan, you know, uh, Deuteronomy or the, the, the Psalms. I can't get through all those. They're, they're too boring to me. Well, there's another format that was done several years ago called The Story, and it was 31 chapters in a book. And it walked you through the beginning to the end of the Bible chronologically, but uh, each chapter was a segment from Scripture. There was a few times when it would have a, a paragraph maybe or a, maybe just a sentence of a segue where it would say, and God gave all these laws which are recorded in Deuteronomy, but you wouldn't read Deuteronomy. Or it would say, and during this time of this king, then the prophet Isaiah spoke, and then you would have a reading from Isaiah. So it was a walk through the Bible, but it was kind of uh, condensed with just a tiny bit of uh, personal comment. And we did that in a 31-week series during the school year uh, over the holiday breaks that we would add some things that weren't in there. But it was a great way, again, for folks like Christine and others um, to use it as a a tool to witness to somebody else. It was a great tool for us, for folks to get them through the Bible in a way of easy to read and, and didn't get them bogged down into things. Yeah. It's still available. And we've got some copies in the in the church office. We'd love to give away. Yeah. Thanks, Georgia. I just, in case somebody was kind of wondering, what, what's this, what's the story we keep talking about? But so Christine, some things that really like kind of stood out to me as, as you were talking of, you know, as we're talking about this, the reaching the one, because I think it can be very intimidating to like start thinking about, okay, how do I share my faith, especially in today in today's world? But really, you, there was something in, I think you said it in terms of just come live life with me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's huge is just like sharing your life with people. And you, you're all about, you were talking about building those relationships with people first and the idea of relational mission. And so being able to, those people that you are in relationship with or that you're building a relationship with, be able to share your faith in that way. And the other thing, as George was talking about, you know, in, in the narthex, you, you met the, the gentleman and ended up walking around with him is like, you met him where he was at. And so I think that's the other key thing too, that I took from what you're saying is you met the, per, you met the, the man where he was at and didn't try to force things. Cause I think sometimes we, we think, Oh, I've got to get all of the, I've got to say all the right things. I've got to say all of this. But instead of what you're talking about is more, you're learning their stories. You're learning people's stories and then being able to then find those opportunities to then share your story with them as well. I think that's important things that you brought up of 
when you're you're learning their story first to then be able to speak the gospel to their story. Something else that while we're talking about this, Christine brought up that uh, her friend from uh, China and from India d- didn't know Jesus. So those of us that were born in the church and lived in the church, you know, we've always known Jesus. But uh, as we've been bringing out in some of our Bible studies related to this Vision 28, that's really not the case even for Americans. There are many of uh, folks that are born in you know our own cities who because of the situations in their family and in their life, they've never heard about Jesus other than, if you will, a curse word, right? <laughs> and so, you know, Christine, you, you talked about also working with the kids. Do you see this in some of the ways you're living life with the kids as you're a Sherpa with them, that some of the ways that you can share Christ and in some of the ways with kids that are Christians, but maybe with kids that don't know Jesus either? You know, that has been a blessing that I didn't even see coming. You know, when I was asked to be a Sherpa, I I just thought, you know, I'll show up on Sunday night and enjoy some games, good food, and go home. And I tell you what, these teenagers really challenge you because they're asking the hard questions, and I don't have the answer. And it's it's caused me, that's one of my catalysts to go deeper, um, because it's something I got to pray on, because I wasn't seeing the questions coming or things like that. Or they will bring a friend. You know, because some of our teenagers are bold enough to invite a friend who doesn't know Christ. You know, Grilled Cheese Thursday has been a phenomenal event here where it makes it easy for the kids to just say, just come eat grilled cheese. Or we have color wars at the beginning of the year. You know, just come enjoy the great event. And so you'll get some teenagers here who really have no background. They, they live in America, so they've heard of Jesus. But they, like you said, you know, to them it might just be a, just another one of the cuss words. And so it's, it's how do you relate to them and welcome them, keep the doors open and make sure that there's no requirement here that you have to be a member or that you have to be a certain status level or anything. You're human. You're welcome. You know, and so we've, we've had a lot of those challenges with kids and it's, it's kind of fun to have to work through those. Again, some of us that grew up in the church, we, we really never asked those questions because it was, you just don't answer, ask those questions. You right. just, you take the answers and, and we really were never taught how to you know, share our faith with somebody that had no church background. And, yeah. and just quoting a scripture means nothing to them because they don't know the Bible. Right. But they do know you. Yeah. And they see your life. And they and that's where the value of being a witness in your everyday life, blessing others by your smile. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, just those kind of things allow us then to get into people's lives and be able to, when they ask, mm-hmm. to share our story. Yep. Yeah, and I think I love how you said that um, sometimes those challenging questions that you get ends up causing you to go deeper, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's so cool about it is we don't always have to have the right answer, and but it can be one of those things of let's figure that out together. Let's yeah. find that out together. You don't have to be this all-knowing expert by any means. It's just being willing to to walk alongside somebody and say, yeah, let's let's figure this out together. Let's, let's dive into this. And I think that sometimes, you know, because – even when we talk about training, like doing trainings or things like that, sometimes like, okay, you know, I'm going through this training, but you don't even realize you need it until you actually get out there and start, you know, living it out and then be like, oh, I really need to learn about this now. Like it becomes more impactful. Like, wait, what did that training say? Like it, once you get into it, then that training, you know, becomes more important of like, now, no, I really need to be equipped with this now that I'm actually out there doing it. I will say growing up, I think it was always embedded in me that you should always be able to, I believe the the choice words were bear witness to your faith. 
And that always confused me. And I thought, ah, I don't I don't have a quarter to pay for those words. So what am I going to do with it? And it was one of our previous pastors, Pat Gallagher, who sat me down and he's like, just tell me what you love about him. That's it. So there was no fancy words. There was no bear witness. There was, it was just, how do you talk every day? And having those personal conversations, it, it became easy. I didn't have to quote scripture. I didn't have to quote the catechism. It was just having a conversation. I remember growing up, we spent more time fighting the Catholics than we did sharing our faith with those that didn't know Jesus. And it, unfortunately, again, it takes a change of mind and a change of thinking, but we're all called to do that not to bear witness, right. but just to, what does Jesus mean to you? Yeah. What does Jesus mean? It's as simple as that. I want to back up. There was an interesting thing you said earlier about like the Hindus that have many gods. Mm-hmm. And that's not even in our, for most of us, what we would think in our realm of, of understanding, you know, early church though dealt with that quite a bit. You know, Paul had to deal with the, all the Greek and Roman pantheon and, you know, he would speak to that, addressing the know, what they knew and then bridging for that. But the more I think about it, we actually live with many gods too. I'm fighting besides the God of my uh, Sunday morning, I have the God of my job and the God of success and the God of leisure. Um, we have gods, if you will, those things that we hold valuable that can take the place of, of the true God in our lives too. Mm-hmm. It's very important for us to be able to speak why Jesus is the most important thing and how to keep that in balance. So George, I know you, you kind of, I think you touched on this a little bit earlier about the, the meaningful conversation. So kind of bringing in the, the five by two back into this with the meaningful conversation and blessing others, probably specifically, and you can talk about the other ones. I'll kind of ask both of you this question. So I don't just put Christine on the spot. So you can, you can always just pass it to George. So, but how, how does like, how do those things tie into, into reaching the one or even if we want to touch on any of the other motives we've been, we you know, talked about the last few episodes here in the podcast, but specifically those two, just, I think those are important ones when we think about this reaching the one. So I guess any thoughts on how those tie into it. Well, let me start with Christine thinks about this. You know, I have found that you cannot be the expert on everything. There's times when you just got to say, I don't know. But one of the ways that I personally have been able to reach the one is we have a lot of young adults that have been brought up with evolution and evolution to the point of exclusion to God or minimizing of God's role in creation. And for me, being able to reach that one is understanding science and sharing a love for science, but understanding that science explains God's world does not explain God out of the world. And so for me, reaching the one has been to listen to the ideas with patience, with respect, with love for a difference of a point of view to then share my point of view, how it takes less faith for me to believe in God than it takes to believe in evolution. But I know the different theories of evolution. I've, you know, had to been introduced to chaos theory, string theory, and all those things else so that I'm able to have an intelligent discussion with folks that have that bent. Yeah. And I would kind of be right there in that same uh, thought. It's just what I was doing today is really talking to them about what does your holiday mean to you, you know, and really understanding what they get out of it just by listening to them. It opens the door that later they will listen to me. And and so it's there's nothing prescribed about it or anything. It's it's really just friendly conversation. But I'll take that in a different direction then too. My conversations with the friends that that don't have a faith background has driven me more so into my friends that do have a faith background. Because then it's bringing in all these challenges of, 
hey, this is what I found out about some other religious holiday. Where did that come from? So I've, I've had a lot of conversations with Christians who also have stronger backgrounds in dealing with linguistics. You know, if you look at the Chinese characters and how they are built, there's a lot of Christian heritage in Chinese characters, just the way their artistic strokes are, are written. I didn't know that, but a friend pointed that out. And that's something that I can take back to the Chinese friends is, hey, look at that character. Do you know what that character means? And they can tell you the whole history of what that character is. And I can say, hey, that's my Jesus. So so it's kind of both ways that learning from them has pushed me back into my my faith-filled friends that fill me up with some more, and then I go back out and have another conversation. <laughs> yeah, that leads into exactly, that is, yeah, into what I was going to talk about, because the five, you know, we have the five by the two, where we talk about in our kind of our individual or personal lives, but also then doing that in community with others. And I think that's, I was going to kind of bring that up is we can look for those ways to bless others or to have meaningful conversations with people if it's just us, but also what are the, who's that community that we have that we can say, let's go together to bless others or let's go together to have meaningful conversations with people. So yeah, I think that's, that's extremely important. And so you talked about the meaningful conversation. I think it's just so important for people to, to remember is you you talked about it's asking questions mm -hmm. that a lot of times is it's just ask good questions just get to know people it doesn't ha you don't have to say all these right things or anything like that it's because ultimately it's not us right it's the holy spirit that does the work and so it's just just ask good questions just genuinely care for people get to know them um, and just look for those those opportunities where the spirit prompts you to to be able to share your faith but um, you know, even as simple as like we talked to you back to your story of in the narthex and you know, having that meaningful conversation, walking around with the gentleman and then blessing him with here's the story and here's the, the story for for your for your son. I mean, like you said, it and you're it was just kind of pretty simple, right? It was just kind of second oh. nature of you just it was just natural and it wasn't anything that complicated. But like to see the fruit on the other side of it, because, again, it's the spirit that, that does the work. So, yeah, you know, and that's that's the true blessing in it. You get to the point where the Holy Spirit is literally just the wind carrying you. There's no way I could have planned that day. There's no way I could have planned, you know, having the story available and things like that. But it is, it, you know, it's also having that conscious awareness that the Holy Spirit is working with you all the time. And it's already, the Holy Spirit's already there 10 steps ahead of you. Just go with it. Yeah, absolutely. One more point before Dustin wraps up. Um, just, you don't have to do it all. I mean, the Holy Spirit's nope. there, but you also don't have to walk somebody from not having faith to getting baptized. Correct. Um, each one of us plays a different role, and it may be just putting that the book in their hand. It may be you're the person after the book's been in their hand that can I help explain that to you. It may be each one of us has a role to play and some water and some uh, fertilize and some you know, bring in the harvest. The Holy Spirit uh, uses each one of us in a certain way, and we just need to be open to that. Right. So, yeah, that's an important point, George, for sure. Sometimes, unfortunately, um, for us, like we may not see the fruit of it, but um, but that's okay. Like mm -hmm. that's it's it's bigger than our, ourselves. Right. So, um, yeah, Christine, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, as we as we're talking again, kind of reminding people if you're thinking, OK, how do I reach the one again? Just kind of highlighting the things that you said. I think it's really just getting to know people and just getting to know their stories and um, just finding those ways to have those meaningful conversations and look look for those ways to bless others. So I'd say don't make it overcomplicated, right? That's right. So, and I guess any last thoughts on, on that or any, any steps that you would encourage people? No, really, that's just it. Just don't make it complicated. The more you try to plan it, the more it's forced and the more it's 
not going to happen. To me, God's already got it all under control. Kind of have to go with wherever you're being led. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, uh, Christine, and forward to continuing these discussions on discipleship in these uh, future 5 by 2 episodes. Now go out and serve God in others.